Today, I want to talk to you about accessing the power of God. Because so many times, uh, we, we hear about God's power. We hear about all these great miracles. We're like, Lord, when am I going to see that in my life? Like, is that something that I'm going to get to experience? And so God does want us to access and have, uh, we have access. And how do we access the power of God is what today is really all about. So I'm very excited to be here. Are you guys ready to, to dive in? Because I'm, I'm ready to go. Ready to just go right at it. So, well, it's great again to be with you guys today. Thanks for, for joining us today. So as we talk about accessing the power of God, the first thing I have to tell you is that oftentimes we are drained, we are tired, and we feel like we need God. And uh, maybe you are at the end of your rope, so to speak. Maybe you are worn out. You, you, you've been trying to find a solution to a problem that you can't find. Well, that's actually scriptural and, and when that happens. And so let me show you when the Apostle Paul hit this point in his life. When he was um, at his wit's end, he didn't know what else to do. His life was in danger, in fact, and he didn't have a solution for what to do next. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 9. He said, we expected to die. Clear as day right there, right? He's like, I just figured we were going to get killed. He says, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. I love that. The Apostle Paul is saying, look, you know what? When you run out of hope is when you discover where real hope is. And so maybe God's allowing all the solutions you had to not work, so you call out to God. Maybe you're at the end of your ideas. You're at the end of your money. You're at the end of your time. You're at the end emotionally. You're like, I'm on my last nerve. I don't know what else to do. I'm so frustrated in this marriage or with this kid or with my career or with my legal situation. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I know this. Number one, would you write this down? When you run out of options, you learn to rely upon God. When you really run out of all your options, that's when you cry out to God and say, God, I need you. I don't know what else to do, and that is really the beginning of the power of God. God is not going to give his power to a situation that doesn't require it. But I also want to tell you that you've already been relying upon the power of God. You're like, oh, man, I picked myself up by my bootstraps. That's only possible because God gave you gifts and talents and abilities. In fact, your heart wouldn't even be beating if it wasn't for the Lord causing it to beat. And so everything you currently have, you're already relying upon God. You maybe just have not recognized that. But we are already needing God desperately in our lives. And he does come through for us. He really does. But sometimes the way God speaks to us, the way God delivers us, the way God comes through for us, maybe we don't really know this. There was a young man years ago when the telegraph became popular, um, he had learned Morse code and he found out that there was a job available uh, in this particular field. So he went to apply for it. He walked into a very busy office and he was taken into a back room where there were seven other candidates sitting there waiting to be interviewed for this Morse code job. As they sat there, there was just a little note that said, please fill out the form and wait until you are called to come back. So they all sat there, and he could hear typewriters going, he could hear people talking, just a hustle and bustle of a business office, a very business office, busy office. And as he's sitting there and everyone else is sitting there with him, he started to listen, he realized, I, I can actually hear Morse code right now. Like he could hear the tapping going on, and then he heard the tapping saying the same thing again and again, saying, if you understand this, get up and come through the door, and the job is yours. 
So he immediately got up, grabbed his stuff, and walked to the door and met the guy who was tapping away the Morse code. And he said, you understand what I'm saying, and so you're the right guy for the job. So he gets the job. They go back into the room, and they tell all the other candidates, I'm so sorry, you need to go home because the job has been filled. And one of the guys there was upset. He's like, hey, that guy came later than all of us. What do you mean he got the job? And they said, well, we've been tapping Morse code this whole time, inviting you for this position. None of you recognize it but this guy, so he got the job. So, you know, sometimes the Lord opens doors for us in unique ways. We sometimes miss the power of God because one of the ways you know that the power of God is happening in your life is that He delivers you, He speaks to you, He cares for you in a very unique way. Maybe it's through the Morse code. Maybe it was through a burning bush as Moses. Maybe it was through a talking donkey. Maybe it was through the parting of the Red Sea. Maybe it was an angel that comes to talk to you, right? I mean, there's all kinds of ways in the Bible. God will use a whale to swallow you if necessary for God to come through for you. He used stars that that moved. And so I just want to encourage you to know that God's already moving. His power is already available in your life, and he's already doing some things. Are you recognizing what God is already doing? He's already speaking to you. In fact, maybe God is speaking to you right now through a spiky-haired ADD preacher in South Texas. I don't know. I believe God has different ways of talking to us. And so maybe you heard a song or a sermon or a podcast or you're reading a book and, and God begins to speak to you. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? When you just sent you like, wow, this is crazy. This is exactly what I needed today. God knew I was at my wit's end. And so he put on Pastor Bill's heart to tell me that I can already trust in him. I need to shift my reliance to God today. And so I just want to encourage you, when you're out of options, that's when God comes through. Check out the next scripture. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. It says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? So, so it says he's got immeasurable greatness. That's his power, and it's his power towards us. So that means the power of God is available to you and me. It's towards us according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly place, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So he says, hey, guess what? The power of God is already pointed towards you, and it comes from Christ who's already raised from the dead. He's sitting at the right hand of God. Now, if you're like me, you're like, why is he sitting at the right hand of God? Well, let me give you the answer to that question you didn't ask. Here it is. Because he is your advocate. He is sitting next to God, speaking to God on your behalf. You know, we pray to God, God, please help me. Did you know Jesus is talking to God too? And he's saying, God, please help him. Please help her. And so he's speaking on your behalf. He is your advocate. He is your defender in time of need. So he is talking to God right now about your situation. Think about that. You ever had someone really spiritual say, I'm going to pray for you. You're like, oh, man, I've covered your prayers. I appreciate it. When people tell me, you know, hey, I'm praying for you, Pastor. I'm always like, thank you so much. I need all the prayer I can get. But imagine Jesus says, I'm praying for you. Jesus himself says, I'm talking to God on your behalf. Now, let's breaking down some stuff in the Scripture. Isn't that good news? That's, that's good news, right? I mean, God is there for you. Now, this is really cool. I was looking at this. Um, it says here the immeasurable greatness the word great there in the Greek, if I could just nerd out for a second here with you. The word great is from the Greek word megathos. Turn to first thing you say megathos. You have to say it like that, megathos, right? It means megathos, which means strong. Then the word attached to it is immeasurably or incomparably. That word is hyperbalon. Hyperbalon means to excel or to surpass. You put that together and here's what it means. Number two, God's power always surpasses 
your problems. He has more power than you even need to solve the problem you have right now. He says, I already got this. I am more powerful than anything you're facing. Isn't that good news? So you can trust the Lord that he will take care of you. Uh, will Jimeno and John McLaughlin were the two last people who were rescued in the World Trade Center fiasco, the terrorist attack in September, on September 11th many years ago. And uh, when they, they were going through the tunnel that connected both towers, when the tower collapsed, both towers collapsed, and they ended up trapped under tons of rubble. The officers that were with them all died. There were only two survivors from that, that particular tunnel. Uh, it was Will Jimeno and, and uh, John McLaughlin. And uh, as they were in there, Will Jimeno tells that they were in there 10 hours uh, under all this rubble. Uh, at one point, um, there was flashes of fire happening. They were afraid they were going to, he, he thought they were going to burn to death. Uh, in fact, it got so hot down there that one of the officers that died that was buried under the rubble, his, his, his firearm began to melt in the heat and it set it off. The bullets got so hot they fired. So now he's having to dodge bullets flying around through the rubble as well as fire bombs happening. It was crazy. And they just, he thought for sure that he and his partner were going to die. It was at that time that Will tells that he immediately, at this point, this is hours in, he sees a man in a white glowing robe coming towards him with a, with a sash around him. It, it had, it had a, a rope sash around him and he was glowing. And he said, I couldn't see his face, but I knew in my heart it was Jesus. He had a vision that Jesus was coming for him. He immediately called out to his friend and said, hey, we're going to be okay. We're not going to die. Someone's coming for us. And within a few hours after that vision he had, they dug them out and they survived. Here's a picture of them from surviving that horrible incident. God came through for them. And God will also come through for you. He is your megathos. He is your hyperbalance. He excels and surpasses whatever it is that you need. You can trust in the Lord. So I just want to encourage you, whatever you're facing, trust in God. He is there for you. In fact, in John chapter 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say, I, I, I know how to do resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection. Like, I literally am that. And so I want to encourage you with this. That means to give God whatever is dead in your life because he specializes in resurrections. So maybe your marriage is dead, all but gone. All you got to do, all that's left is going to the divorce lawyers, right? But guess what? If you'll trust the Lord with it, he can resurrect your marriage. He can resurrect your teenager from making the wrong decisions. He can resurrect your career. You say, oh, I'm old. I've, I, I'm past my prime. My relevancy is over. It's going to be hard for me to get a, a job at this point. God's like, I don't care about any of that stuff. I started using Moses when he turned 80. And so I can do the greatest work in your career while you're older. I can resurrect your career. He can resurrect your finances. He, he specializes in resurrection. He can resurrect you uh, from, the, from the health problem you're having, from the legal battle you're in right now. I don't know what you're facing, but God says, I specialize in resurrections. You are not stuck. You are not dead. I can pull you out of that. Trust in the Lord. Someone needs to get excited because God's power is available to you right now. He is there for you. You can trust in the Lord. So if you're like me, the, 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 the question I have is, how, right? How do I access this power, right? Uh, recently, Rick Warren is, is someone who I, I've 
known for many years. And years before I even know him, I read all his books and I had all these audio tapes. I literally use the word tape on purpose. That's how long I've been listening to this guy. And so uh, I, I love his, his teaching. It's very, very powerful. Maybe you've read his, his very well-known book, The Purpose Driven Life. That, that's his book. He only sold 36 million copies. He's barely getting by. Anyways, uh, but, but uh, he's an incredible man of God. And my wife and I have had the privilege of knowing Rick and Kay for a long time. Um, it's really cool, by the way, you know, this last year he retired. I don't know if you just knew that he just retired about a month and a half ago. What was really crazy was that th they were looking for a pastor and praying for it, and they called a pastor uh, from Northern California to come be the pastor of Saddleback Church, where he's led for literally 43 years. Did you know that the pastor who's taking over Saddleback Church that's following Rick is one of our church planters that we trained and sent out to plant the church? How cool is that? His name's Andy Wood. Andy's a dear friend. He's taking over for Rick Warren. Like, wow, pretty cool. I called Andy. And I said, you know, I'm always going to claim you. He goes, that's fine. You can. You did. You trained me. You sent me out. I was like, all right, just making sure. But uh, I'm really proud of him. But there was an interview that Rick was doing, and they were asking him all kinds of different questions. That They basically took a bunch of questions from their church and kind of compiled them because a lot of the questions were similar. And the number one question they asked Rick, and this is a question I would want to ask him too, was this. They said, Rick, how do you get the anointing of God? That just means the power of God on your life. And what he said was so simple, I almost didn't trust it. I was like, wait, that can't be right. So then I did my own research, and he said, I don't have time to go into all the scripture, but I'm telling you, time and again, this is how you get the power of God in your life. And I thought, there's no way it can be that simple. So I began to do my own research, and sure enough, I was like, man, Rick, surprise, surprise, nailed it. He was right. Can I help you get access to the power of God today? Wouldn't that be good? Like, how do you actually access the power of God? It's so simple that we miss it. But it's actually really profound. It's really powerful. And here is, here is the key ingredient. I'm going to give you two things. I'm going to give you a second one in a minute. Hang with me. At the very end, I'm going to give you a second one. But the first key to the power of God is this. The key ingredient required to access God's power is this. Humility. Is it any wonder we're missing the power of God in our life? Because we are so puffed up and proud that we miss the power of God. But it's actually humility that draws the power of God. I didn't believe it at first, but then I began to study Scripture, and there it was. Look at James chapter 4. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Look at Numbers chapter 12. This is speaking of Moses. I mean, Moses knew something about the power of God, right? Moses parted the Red Sea. Moses brought all these plagues to Egypt. Moses called out and confronted the most powerful man in the world and was unintimidated by him. You talk about power. And Moses, by the way, had a stuttering problem while he did all that. I mean, it's unbelievable. He went to go talk to him. Hey, you need to, 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 to let God's people go. I mean, you're like, could you pick someone that could speak better than this? Like, this is who you got to, you know, couldn't you get like James Earl Jones who would have been so cool and so powerful? I mean, but God always uses weak people, doesn't he? That's good news for you and me, isn't it? And so look what it says about Moses in Numbers chapter 12. It says, now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. That's some humility right there. Now don't boast now. I'm more humble than anybody. That's actually arrogant. Don't do that. But what's this saying? This is saying that the power of God always rests on people he can trust with it. Can he trust you with the power of God? Can he trust you with this power? So that's the, that's the big thing. I was recently talking to a pastor, a lot more wise than me, and this is what he said. He, he said, the greater your ministry gets, the smaller you need to become. Brilliant. Brilliant. This man founded an amazing church, and uh, he founded a university. This guy's an incredibly brilliant man. 
It was, it was genius. He said, the bigger your ministry gets, the smaller you need to become. I, I would say it to all of us, the bigger your career gets, the bigger your business gets. M- maybe you're really into working out. The bigger you get, get more humble. Don't get arrogant. And so I just want to encourage you, if you want the power of God in your life, humility is the key. Let me show you some more scripture on this. Psalm 69, 32. The humble will see their God at work and be glad. Let all who see God's help be encouraged. So says, he says, you're going to see it with your own eyes how it'll come through for you if you'll be humble. This is good news for you. Every single person here, listen, God says, you're going to see me bring someone into your life if you'll stay humble. He says, you're going to see me come through for you in that health scare if you'll be humble before the Lord. You're going to see God do miracles in your life if you'll just humble yourself. What does that mean? That means you're admitting, God, I need you. I mean, humility is saying what? It's saying, I can't do this. I can't pull this off my own. I desperately need you to come through for me. Psalms 138.6 says, though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. So if you say, oh, I got this. I can handle this. God says, oh, really? Let me just back off then. Let me lift my hand from you, and we'll see how much you have it. Is it any wonder we're missing the power of God in our lives? We're too busy trying to tell people how cool we are, how awesome we are. Look at me in my post. Look how great I am. Look how successful I am. I'm all buttoned up, just right. We're so busy trying to appear big, strong, perfect, spiritual, that we're missing the power of God. The power of God comes to the humble. It doesn't come to the puffed up. It doesn't come to the cocky. It doesn't come to the prideful. Matthew 5 says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. You know what an inheritance is? An inheritance is something you can't take. It has to be given. But God says, I have an inheritance for you. Basically, God says, if you'll be humble, there's nothing I won't give you. What? Really? God's like, yeah, you know the thing you've been asking for? It's not that I don't want to give it to you. I can't because you're too arrogant. If you humble yourself, I can give that to you. Humility is the key. And in 1 Peter, this is so important. Check this out. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. Again, we got the mighty. But what's, what, what's might, right? The incomparable might, the hyperbalon, the megathos, megathos, the power of God, right? He says what? Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Now, I, need to, I want to challenge you on this. We, as a society, even in the church, have become very impatient. We want what we want when we want it. Aren't we that way? I ordered a package from Amazon. Where is it? It's been like 24 hours. We're freaking out. Why can't I have it now? When do I get the upgrade? I clicked on something. I searched it. It took like 2.3 seconds. That's so long. Where's my food? I ordered it like 10 minutes ago. I mean, we're, we're incredibly impatient. We're impatient in our careers. We're like, why, am I done, why don't I already have the corner office? Why haven't I gotten a promotion? Why am I not a big deal? Why don't I have more followers? Why aren't people honoring me? And we want what we want now. God, why haven't you brought the perfect person for me in my life yet? Why haven't you brought them in my life? Why haven't you opened this door yet? Why haven't you healed me yet? Why haven't you hooked me up? Why haven't you done this for me? And so we're demanding God to do it now. And so we think it's impatience, but God has a different word for it. God says, you think it's impatient, but actually it's arrogance. 
Because what you're saying is, I know better than you. I'll let you know when you need to do this for me, God. I'll let you know because I know when the right time is. And God's like, really? You got it all figured out. And then God would say to you and me, like he said to David in the Psalms, he said, where were you when I made the earth? Where were you when I put the foundations of the world together? Where were you when I created plants and vegetation so that you could breathe out, uh, you know, and, and carbon dioxide and breathe back in oxygen that it does that it takes care of you? Where were you when I when I put the plant on just the right axis to create seasons, to create just the right climate for you to live? Where were you when I did all that? Oh, that's right, you weren't there. But somehow now you're going to tell me when the right time is to do everything for you. So somehow you got it figured out better than I do. It's not impatience arrogance. It's worth saying, I know what I need when I need it more than you. So God, you listen up and I'll let you know when you need to do something for me. Wow. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And in his time, not my time, not your time, in his time, he will lift you up. We have to get humble and say, God, I'm so sorry. I've been demanding you do things for me when I want them. But you have a time. You have a way about you, and you have a time about you. So, Lord, I want to humble myself before you right now. There's a singer, songwriter named Don Moan. Back in the day, he... Uh, was just writing music like normal, and something happened in, in his life. Uh, his sister-in-law, his mother-in-law called frantic because his sister-in-law and brother-in-law were in a horrible car accident with all four of their children. Their oldest boy died instantly. The other three kids were in ICU as well as both of the adults, the mother and the father. They were all in ICU fighting for their lives. The oldest had already died. They immediately rushed to the hospital. They're doing everything they can to help. And, you know, this is a strong Christian family, and, and he just, he didn't, he didn't have the words to say. You ever been there? You're like, I just, I just don't even want to say, like, how are you going to show up and be like, man, God's in control? And they're like, really? This looks like God's in control to you? You ever been there? You're like, I don't, I don't have a, a good answer. He didn't know what to say. He didn't know how to minister to them. He loved them. This was his family. He cared for them dearly. But he just, he didn't know what to say. It was his wife's sister and and brother-in-law, he, he, he loved him. So he did the only thing he knew to do. He, he wrote a song. And this is where a pretty well-known song in its time became, became famous. This is how he wrote the song. And this is what he wrote. Just hurting, not knowing what to say to them, he wrote this. God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my God. Hold me closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day, he will make a way. God will make a way. He penned one of the most famous songs, one of the most famous Christian songs in his day back in 2005. And that song came out of brokenness. You know, this is something, I'm going to give you a little secret. I don't like this truth, but it's true. The harder my life gets, I hate this better I preach. The more pain I'm experiencing personally, the more God uses me. I bet you're like that too, aren't you? It's like God does his greatest work, not in my strength, but in my weakness. 
That's where the power of God comes in. If we'll admit it, that we need him desperately. So maybe, maybe it's time to, to get humble and admit that we need God to do what, what only God can do. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And in his time, he will lift you up. Can I give you a second part now to this humility part? Can we do that? You really want to access the power of God. Here's the two keys. The first one is humility. I think Rick nailed it when he said that. It was brilliant. Humility is key. But then there's a second part in, in how we can be humble. It says in Acts chapter 14, something very unique. In fact, all throughout the New Testament, there's this continual confession happening. And, and Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do you say I am? And they said, they, they, they first got it wrong. They're like, uh, you're Elijah. Wait, uh, you're, wait, you're one of the prophets. And you know, you know, Jesus must be like, oh my gosh, how many times, how many times have we gone over this? Like, really? And then finally, he's, they say, you're the Messiah. We know you're the Christ. They finally got that right. So that's the most famous confession, right? All scripture. In fact, that's how we receive Christ. We have to confess our sins, confess that he is Lord. And that's how we receive Christ. But there's a second confession that we're not so fast on. That's also found in the Bible, multiple places. I'm just going to use one, but Peter says this, something similar to this. Paul says this. Multiple people says something like this in the New Testament. And we're very slow on this part. But this is where the power of God comes in. The first thing is to be humble. And the second thing is revealing your feelings is the beginning of healing. If you need the power of God, we need to confess our humanity. This is what Paul said. He said in Acts chapter 14, we are merely human beings just like you. That is such a powerful statement. He was saying, look, I'm just as broken, just as messed up, just as jacked up as you. He's basically saying, I'm just as bad of a parent, just as bad of a spouse. He wasn't married, but he was just as bad of a spouse. Right? He was saying, I I'm, have bad days. I get in bad moods. I mess up. I get lustful. I get greedy. I can be a jerk. He's admitting that he's no different than any of us. And I have found that the power of God comes over my life when I'm humble and admit my humanity, when I admit that I don't have it together. And if you'll do that, you'll get the power of God. Maybe there's an area of your life that you need healing, that you've, you don't have healing yet, that you're like, I'm still, I'm still not there, Pastor. There's an area of my life that is really broken, that's really messed up, and I don't know what to do. James 5.16 gives the answer. He says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So healing doesn't come from confessing your sins to God. Healing actually comes from confessing your sins to someone else. Now, I'm not recommending that you go on Twitter or Instagram and confess your sins. I do not recommend that. <laughs> but I do recommend that you share it with someone who is more mature than you that can help you. This is a huge thing. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a friend, a best friend, I hope. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a counselor. You go to someone and say, I need help. I can't do this on my own. Revealing your feelings is the beginning of healing. It really is. In fact, I've even learned that the power of God comes in my life, not only when I confess my sins to God and to others, but even relationally when I don't know what to do, if I'll admit that, God begins to bring healing. For example, uh, a couple years back, I was in a really bad spot with one of my children. We just were not getting along. 
They were not listening to anything I said. I mean, it was, it was getting bad. It was like it was getting, you know how you know it's bad? When it's just all rule-based. It's like, well, you didn't do this, so now I'm going to do that. And now you didn't do this, I'm taking that away. And now I'm taking that. It was getting to the point where it was like, okay, this is just turning into a prison yard. And so I finally realized that my correction was not being listened to. They weren't having it. I wasn't having it. It wasn't working. And I'll never forget, I finally just went to them and I said, I just need to talk with you. And they're like, what? They're so mad, you know. And I said, I am not a very good dad. I've blown it. I know I've said some things I regret. I don't know what to do to get you on board with me on the same page. Like, I don't know what to do. So would you help me? Because I don't know how to lead you. Guess what? It didn't get all smooth and perfectly lined up at that moment like some 30-minute sitcom. It didn't do that. No, we all love that, but it didn't do that. But what happened was there was an infusion of understanding between us, and then there was an infusion of healing. If you'll just reveal how you really feel, maybe you're struggling in your marriage. If you'll just say, I don't know what to do to turn things around, but I do love you, and I'm trying would you help me learn to be a better spouse? Would you, would you give me some grace on my parenting? If you, you don't know what to do in your situation where your boss is on and you feel like you're going to lose your job, why don't you just go and say, I, just go say to them directly, I feel like I'm about to lose my job. I can't do that. What do I need to do? I, I need help. I want to be a better employee. I don't know what to do. Immediately. God's power and his grace enters that situation. Why? You're being humble and honest. And that is where the power of God shows up. Humility and honesty. Years ago, our church was raising money and we were trying to build the facility I teach from every week, this, this, this building I'm in right now. And, and uh, we had raised a bunch of money and so many people had sacrificed like crazy. Many of you were here during that time. And, uh, and, and we also borrowed money as well from the bank. And then the problem was is this particular year, the price of steel doubled in one year. And there were no, there were guarantees in contract where there's no guarantee on the price of materials. So we suddenly found ourselves with a $3 million gap between what we had raised and what we had borrowed and what we still needed. And I didn't know what to do. I called all my mentors, like, I don't know what to do. And they all said the same thing. Go to God, pray, and then go to the people and just be honest and humble. I mean, we were at the point where, like, the men working on the building were about to just walk off and we're going to have a half-built building. I was like, God, I don't know what to do. But all I knew to do was to go to God, pray it up, and then go to you. And so I did. Years ago, I went and I just said, hey, guys, here's the deal. I don't have an answer. But... Will you join me in praying and asking God to show us what to do? And would you just do whatever you can do? And let's just trust the rest in, in God's hands. That's all I need to do. I didn't realize that it was a total setup by God. There was a man and his wife in the audience that day that came to our church because six weeks earlier, his son dragged them here. They came for him 
he came up to me after the service. I felt the Holy Spirit on me as I was even talking to him. In fact, he sat me down and said, can I talk to you for a few minutes? I said, sure. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, you're about to see my glory. You're about to see my glory. It makes we wouldn't be here without this moment. And he said, hey, I know you don't know me. I'm not a kook. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I was like, okay. He goes, I know you need $3 million. I don't feel led to give you three, but I feel led to give you two. Tears began to stream down my face. I just felt the Lord tell me, and I'm not done. Like I felt the Lord tell me, you're about to see my glory, and I'm not done. 24 hours later, I left this man's house, meeting his precious wife and kids. Never met them before in my life. This goes against every fundraising principle out there. I don't even know these people. And they gave us a check for $2 million. The Lord told me, don't tell anyone yet, because I'm moving in everyone's heart. This isn't about one couple. This is about God getting glory. So I didn't say anything for the next two weeks. People began to come by the church. People brought sea dews, boats, motorcycles, cars, fur coats, diamonds, gold. It was, it, we had to open an eBay account. I'm not kidding. Just to sell these items and give it to the Lord. And in two years, it took us two years to raise $2.7 million. And because we were stuck and didn't know what to do, and we just said, God, would you please come through? God brought in $2.9 million in two weeks. God just came through. And here's what I've learned from that. I've learned this. There is a miracle middle in your life. Quit trying to figure it out. You do all your part. You're running on this road, and there's a big section that's missing. And you're like, God, I need you to build a bridge. And God says, run. Run towards the other side. And right when you step off of the bridge, right when you take the last leap you can, I will show up. And I will provide for you. God's saying, I, it's a setup. God's saying, I want to show you my glory. I want to show you my power. But I've got to get you in a situation where you can't figure it out so I can come through. And you can learn that there's a God who loves you who will always come through for you. He's setting you up to trust him. He wants you to trust him even when things don't make sense. Humble yourself before the Lord. Reveal what you feel. God, I need you. Just tell God the truth about how you feel. Watch God come through. Years ago, there was a senator named Max Cleland. He was a Vietnam War veteran. Aren't we thankful for our veterans? Can we give, them up, give that hand right now for them? Yeah, they're amazing. He was a veteran. He had lost his legs uh, from a grenade exploding uh, in his right arm, in his right hand. Uh, he, was, he was a senator at this point, and uh, he went to a senator's Bible study, specifically for senators. He was there with a, a bunch of guys, and, and they were in the Word. And that particular day, they were studying Romans 8, 28, where it says God works all things for his good. And he was just struggling with that. He's like, how can God, you know, he's like, I don't have legs. I'm missing an arm. And, and you're telling me God works everything for my good, you know. And one of the other senators noticed his face that he was distraught and said, hey, Senator Cleveland, are you okay? And he, he just, in a moment of weakness, just was honest and said, no, no, I'm not okay. He said, what's going on? He said, I, 
To be honest with you guys, I had the same dream every night for 30 years. It's a miserable dream. I dream every night that I accidentally dropped a grenade and then threw myself on it. And in my dream, it blows my legs out again and I lose my arm. And I dream this every night. And one of the senators said, let's, 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 let's come and pray for him. They all gathered around him. The Bible says in James 5, 16, confess your sin. But then it says, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That means there's much power. It's powerful. Let's pray. So they gathered around and prayed. And they said, God, would you just help him not to be tortured by this horrible dream of just this repeat? I mean, it's bad enough you went through it the first time, but now for him to live through this every night in his dreams. God, would you give him peace? They literally prayed, God, give him peace about all this situation. Just give him your peace. Two nights later, true story. The History Channel is talking about the Vietnam War and they know Senator Cleveland's story and they'd interview him several years earlier and they now share his, they reenact his story. Someone in Annapolis, Maryland, that had been the Vietnam War was watching the History Channel at this moment, two days later after this prayer time. They watch this, they get upset, call Senator Cleveland's office and say, that's not how it happened. I need to talk to Senator Cleveland. I was there that day. He takes the phone call, gets on the phone. The guy says, sir, I know who you are. I served with you, you don't realize it but you had just jumped out of the helicopter and me and a new recruit jumped out behind you. The new recruit had taken the pin out of his grenade, slipped, dropped on accident. You saw it and you jumped on it and we saw it blow your legs out in your hand. And he said, I know it wasn't your doing. You actually didn't, you didn't make a mistake. You saved our lives. He said, I know how it went down because I was right behind you and I wrapped you up and got you to the hospital. And he suddenly had the peace he was missing for 30 years because he just got honest about the pain that he carried to this horrible memory. And God gave him peace. What are you carrying? That God's saying, if you'll just humble yourself and, and tell the truth about how you feel, I will give you my power. Right now across all of our churches, would you stand to your feet right now? I just believe God's moving right now. I sense it. I can sense God's doing something. It's time to get honest with God and to get humble. And so right now I want to open up at all of our churches. I want to open up the altar. If you feel led to come forward and just admit you need God right now, just tell Him how you feel. Maybe for you, you guys say, God, I, I feel betrayed. I've been wounded. I've been hurt by someone that I really trusted. Just tell God how you feel. Maybe for you, you say, I, I, feel, I feel burdened. I feel overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I can't take it anymore. I can't, I, I got, I'm on my last nerve. I, this is all I got. God, I need you. Maybe for you, in all honesty, you say, I feel out of control. I, I can't stop doing things that are hurting my life. Confess that to God. Admit that you need him to help you change. He has the power to help you change. You know, all these people are like, here's how you change. Do this, do that. That's great. Can you tell me how to, how to have power to do that? Oh, well, that's the hard part. That's where God comes in. You may know the right things to do, but where's the power to do it? That's where God can be trusted. So just be humble today and just admit, God, I need you. I can't do this on my own. And God said, that's what I've been waiting for. 
This is a setup so I can intervene in your life and you can discover that I was there the whole time. And God says, you can trust me. Confess to God right now and let his healing begin in your life. You just come forward right now. All of our churches right now. Come on forward. Come on, Padre Island. Come on. Come on, Rockport Fulton. You just come forward. You obey God. Come on, it's not too late. Come on forward. Just admit it. Just admit you need God to change something in your marriage. You need God to, to take a hold of your addiction. You need, you need God to help you out of this legal battle. You need God to heal your body. You need God to get your mind right. Just admit how you feel. Tell God the truth. And watch His power wash over you. The more broken and honest I get, the more God blesses. I, don't, I can't explain it. I just know that's how God works. Just tell God how you feel. It's okay. I hear crying. It's okay. You know when you get quiet enough in your tears, you'll hear God crying with you. He loves you. He feels your pain. That's why he went to the cross. It was for you to meet your need right now, your deepest need that no one else knows about. He knows. Confess it to him right now. And watch him begin to bring healing to your life, to your marriage, to your family, to your children. God can bring healing to you right now. Confess it to him. Come on, Rodfield. Come on, Stone Oak. Obey the Lord. You're watching online. Get on your knees and humble yourself before the Lord. God, I need you right now. I don't know how to fix this. God says, I do. I know exactly how to fix this. If you'll just admit your need, call out to the Lord as David did, and God will show up and heal your broken heart. He specializes in resurrections. He'll bring healing to you right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. In fact, God sent his own son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. Have you given your life to Christ? You can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. We're going to pray this together across all our churches. Just pray this prayer. You can just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose again. I confess I need you. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus saving me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you just gave your life to Christ, no one's looking around, just lift your hand high right now if you would. If you just gave your life to Jesus, just hold your hand high. You're not alone. Many people prayed that prayer with you. Praise God. Just hold your hand high if you just gave your life to Jesus. Just hold it high right now. Thank you. Praise God. Hold your hand high. Thank you, Rodfield. Thank you, Stone Oak. Hold your hand high. Come on, Padre Island. Hold your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. Rockport Fulton. Right now, those of you who are online, you can put let us know in the, in the text chat. Just text my hands raised, or click hand raised right now. If you just gave your life to Christ, you are not alone. Many people are making that decision now to give their life to Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Father, thank you for the way you're moving in people's hearts and lives right now. Thank you, God, that we admit, when we just admit that we're broken, that we're human, that we have made mistakes, that we need you desperately. That's when you do your greatest work. Lord, thank you, God, as we humble ourselves before you, as we reveal how we really feel, you begin your healing work. Thank you, God. I sense your power here right now. We glorify you for that. We thank you that you are the miracle middle. You always meet our need. It's a setup all along. You were planning 
on meeting our need. And we thank you for that. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true. Let's give these people a hand that came forward right now with all of our churches. Praise God for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming forward. God's good, isn't he, Pastor? He is. He is. God is so he good. Is. God is clearly moving. Aren't you glad for the Power of God series? Yeah. Wow, God has just shown up. Let's give, let's give God some glory yeah. right now. Can we do that? We love you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Praise God.